This San Francisco Comic-Con panel, Geese United and New Hope, is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription service that they send you a box of random geeky stuff. It's basically like getting Comic-Con in a box, so it's great to have this sponsor for this special panel. So basically they'll send you a shirt, um, other random toys and like little trinkets and gadgets and stuff. And it's uh, really cool. And they also have different types of boxes. Um, some in particular are uh, Loot Gaming, Loot Pets, Loot DX, which is basically a, a larger, more expensive box. Um, loot Wear, which is a cheaper box where they send you like just, just a shirt, maybe some socks or something like that. And then also another one is uh, a Halo Legendary Crate. They also have what's called a Mega Crate where they pick uh, people every month to win like random really cool stuff like tvs and consoles and stuff like that so i think this month they're giving away it's a it's a large screen tv that's curved and then a, a ps4 and a bunch of other stuff so it's, it's pretty cool um so if you would do us a favor and go to try forward slash be then bti and then use the promo code bridge 10 that'll save you 10 percent on any new subscriptions so please once again it's try forward slash be then bti with the promo code of bridge 10 uh, to save yourself 10% off of a new subscription. And this is important that you go to the actual, you know, trylootcrate.com forward slash be them BTI. If you don't, then we don't get the credit for it. So please don't just go to Loot Crate and then put in the promo code Bridge10. You know, give us the credit too. So it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. And now, on with the panel. There is a story. It's so All right. Um, welcome to our panel on diversity for Silicon, or, no, wow, I'm messing up already, San Francisco Comic Con. Reset, reset, reset. Reset. <laughs> so, my name is Cthulhu, Salim, I also go by Cthulhu's Prodigy for Blacker Than Black Times Infinity, we have Kronos, Lord and God. we have Bunny Man. Henry. What? <laughs> I'm going Bunny Man today. Bunny Man? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Henry. <laughs> Who, they're going to do a podcast actually together coming up very soon called Black and Yellow under the Blacker Than Black Times Infinity banner. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit about ourselves. So we've been podcasting for a little over a year and give or take year and a half. Yeah, about, yeah give, about. give or take. Yeah. Um, our podcast is about anime, comics, gaming, um, pop culture, a little bit of everything. Would you add anything to that? Yeah, we talk about a lot of stuff. Some political stuff, too. Every Sometimes. Every now again, probably pisses people off. But yep. we have to keep... So, I mean, we're adults, right? So we have to talk about some current events that are not kid-related, because most of the stuff is kid stuff. Even though comics nowadays, they have some adult comics that we love and we talk about, we'll go into in depth. But for the most part, people don't consider comics, anime, uh, gaming, and movies adult subjects yet. So we keep some stuff... A little bit more adult oriented. So. Absolutely. I think we have kids in here, so we will try to keep our language to a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> You're much. I'm a yeah. year old, so it's we'll a little yeah, no, yeah. no, we'll, be, we'll be absolutely fine. This is a PG and actually, podcast. Episode. And so, Bunny Man. Yes. <laughs> AKA Asian Kanye. There you oh, go. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm a black Joe Rogan. So there you go. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, your background, uh, Mr. Director. Mr. Director. I'm a filmmaker in the Bay Area. I uh, also run a large art blog called Empty Kingdom, which started in mm-hmm. San Francisco. Um, just all visual arts, um, film, photo, painting, illustration, comics, all that stuff. Uh, and I also am a filmmaker. So hopefully pretty soon you guys will be able to see one of my uh, TV projects on like Netflix or something like that. Tell them about the current project, that pilot that you made that was amazing oh, yeah, for $10,000. Yes. I made a TV pilot all based in San Francisco with, you know, uh, shot in 
Chinatown and all over the Bay, and uh, basically it's called All Men Are Thieves. It's like a um, the first kind of TV pilot shot in the Bay Area, which stars you know predominantly like Asian American actors. Like our lead actor was this guy Lanny June that he was. Uh, I don't know he's been in a bunch of random stuff. Like he was in Lost and in um, Castle. He's been in a lot of TV shows and things like that. And uh, and just trying to like make the Bay a destination place to shoot movies and make entertainment and and really show. Uh, the characters that originate from here in a in a fictional world, but you know. but where can they see this oh, wonderful cool. pilot? All men are thieves. TV. You All can right. see the pilot. It was shot for under ten thousand dollars. It's forty minutes, but it's really good. I, I'm not it saying that good. they told me that, yeah, and, it <laughs> and it's cool. You get to see San Francisco in a way that you've never seen before. You know, because Hollywood, whenever they come here, they shoot like. Two minutes of footage, and then the rest of it's like all CG Golden Gate, like getting ripped apart. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know why they come here. Actually, so. just to destroy. No way. Golden Gate Bridge. There you go. Yeah. So, thank you, everybody. All right. Thanks so much. By the way, like we know that you know it's late, and uh, this type of topic is is like only moves forward because of people like you showing up and willing to be a part of the conversation and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, our children's children, thank you. Yeah, so let, let's talk for a moment why we're actually having this podcast. So let's do it. We were actually part of a, a panel previously uh, at Silicon Valley Comic Con and a couple other panels as well. Yeah, you, you were at that one? I think so. Yeah, so we, we had a, a, a problem. After we did that panel um, and then we did another panel, we had a problem with the way that diversity was kind of portrayed among a lot of people. And the main reason was is that people uh, did not include Caucasians with diversity. And we had a, a problem with that. Don't get me wrong, our podcast is called Black and Black Tales Infinity, but we're not really Afrocentric. We talk about a lot of um, African-American you know, things, but we're for everybody, right? Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that diversity included everybody. So we wanted our panel um, for everybody, and that's how this came to be. Right. And that's actually how um, we met, yeah. was through the first panel at Silicon Valley Comic Con. And uh, we agreed on a lot of things. And um, we actually we did a, a Pandora mixtape a couple months ago that went really well as well. We talk about diversity as well. And so we just want to make sure that um, when it comes to like geek stuff or just in general, we want to make sure that everybody's included. We don't want to, we don't want anybody not included as far as like anything goes. So if, if you guys think a comic is cool, it shouldn't matter what color, gender, or whatever that person is. You should just enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, then, you know, read it and then um, talk about it. That's one of the big problems that, that we've been seeing lately is that people have been, been complaining about diversity in comics and movies. Comics, a thing, I'll, I'll set aside for right now, but in movies, they were complaining about comic movies not being diverse. And for me, um, comics are diverse, but people aren't reading them. And that's what was pissing me off. I was like, you guys want to say that uh, a lot of characters are, are, you know, movies are not diverse, but in the comic realm, they are diverse. But you're just not seeing it because you're not yet a real comic fan. When you're a real comic fan and you actually read comics, you will see the diverse comics. And if you want more diverse comics and media and movies and such, then you need to buy the comics. And we'll get into more in a minute. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just want to get a quick poll, though. Who's reading comics right now? Right this moment? Anybody in this room? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Show me that you're reading some comics. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. We'll give you suggestions for comics. For yeah. For those that don't read comics. So okay. they will be good suggestions. Okay. Do you feel that you are finding what you want to 
read about or, or characters that you can relate to in the comics that you are reading, those who are reading comics? Kind of, some heads are shaking well, uh, yeah. a little bit. Okay. Does that bother you in comics, that you're not seeing what you want to read in comics? Not so much? Yeah, just like, yeah, kind of. Okay. All right, it's cool. Because I grew up, just to give a little bit of background, I grew up reading Batman, reading Wolverine, reading a little bit of Superman and whatnot. So these were straight, white, male characters. Mm-hmm. And I turned out okay. Kinda. Yes, kinda. I'm I'm here. But um, I want to say, though, at this point in time, I think it's a beautiful time to be interested in comics. And as Kronos was mentioning, I think that there's so much diversity going on, it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think we should start even naming some of these incredible comics that we could could dive into. Well, we'll give examples of good ones and bad ones. Because there's always good and bad, right? Yep. So let, let's start with the good first. We have a, we have a new Hulk that's Asian. Yes. Yes, Amadeus Cho. Amadeus. It's pretty awesome. Unfortunately, well, I don't want to spoil because some of y'all probably don't read the comics. Don't spoil yeah, it. Amadeus Cho is the new Hulk, and it's pretty awesome. He's a, he's a young kid. I think he's like 16. About that. Yeah, and he's, he's played a, a really good Hulk so far. He's a different Hulk. He's, Co- Korean-American. Got to say that, right? He's also yeah. Korean-American. Yeah, and it's, he's been great so far. You know, and it's great to have a, a new, fresh point of view on that character. Mm-hmm. And then you want to give him another one? Yeah, um, I, I would say one of my favorites right now is Jaime Reyes, who's playing uh, the Blue Beetle. Now, if you saw Young Justice, any Young Justice fans in here whatsoever? Nobody. Okay, oh, at least one. Thank you. You also watched that. Song, yeah. Great show. Young right, Justice right. is amazing. Don't, don't watch Teen Titans Go. Ah, terrible. <laughs> Teen Titans Go is life. Um, Jaime, Re- Jaime Reyes. The Blue Beetle is a wonderful new comic. They're doing the rebirth right now on that. Uh, a Latino-American um, superhero with a alien scarab beetle on his back who has superpowers and is doing fun stuff. But he's young. He's a teenager. He's a lot like Peter Parker was back in the day. Well, but the scarab on his back is not nice. He's very violent. He yep. to kill everything. So exactly. it's an interesting dichotomy. Because he's a kid. He doesn't want to kill anybody. But the scarab on his back... He's just like a murderous jerk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any, any for you? Um, I actually still go to Saga. I think Saga... There you go. Like, yes. I think the interracial marriage baby war catalyst <laughs> is like... Right? Yeah. Well, I, to me, I see that as like an interracial yeah, like analogy. Thumbs up for Saga. But uh, <laughs> just the fact that they're all mixed and that they're fighting for love to the freedom to have that love and everybody is judging them persecuting. I mean, it kind of reminds me of just how society works in terms of how we perceive each other in terms of who is supposed to be together or, you know, like if, um, you know, like if I were to walk into a Chinese restaurant with like a black date, I'm keeping it real, they're going to give me funny looks, you know, and people are going to be look like, oh, what? What's up with this? You know, and so I think that it's important for. I think Saga is kind of like an analogy for people that are like the early ones to just do for love or do for what makes us human. And, and uh, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's a great comic. And because we have kids in here, it's not for kids. All right. No. Go. Oh, yes. Go. <laughs> the comic's not for kids. Mm-mm. I think it's page two or three. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not for kids. So, yeah. But it's a great comic for adults. All right. How many of you saw Civil War? Captain America's Civil War. Okay, yeah. wonderful. And did you enjoy T'Challa Black yeah. Panther? Yeah, really good. And I that... saw one downstairs. I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Killed I wanted to dress up like yeah. yeah. And I'm so glad you said that <laughs> because this Halloween we're going to see a whole lot more Black Panthers trick or treating. It's going to be off hook. And you know what Blacker Than Black Times Infinity says about that? It's perfectly fine. No matter who you are or what you look like, you can dress up as T'Challa and be Black Panther. And nobody should ever give you crap about that. Okay? Yeah, because your, your son dresses up as... Batman, yeah, Hulk, everybody. everybody. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. And I have a personal problem when folks throw shade at people for dressing up uh, in, a, in a, like a race or a gender that isn't their own from that character. So, yeah, yeah, cosplay yeah, for everyone, so Halloween for everyone. You should be able to do that, and I can't wait to see these trick or treaters. Yeah. So, out of everybody that said they watched uh, Civil War, does anybody did anybody pick up the new Black Panther comics at all? No. You guys okay, we got, we got yeah. that. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Black Panther. Please. Um, have you read the backstory on Black Panther from yeah. like from the from new the, Avengers days? Not from oh, the, old, the older version. Yeah, older yeah, version. Yeah. So, well, it's kind of in between the old and new. So, anyway. With the Black Panther comics, I would recommend to anybody that reads that new comic, which is great, by uh, Tashani Coates. Tahisi Coates. Tahisi Coates. I can't say his name. Tahisi. Tahisi Coates. He did a great job writing that comic. However, he didn't do a great job with giving you a backstory. So I will give you basically the roadmap to get to the Black Panther, where the current one is. If you read the New Avengers by Jonathan Hickman, um, that's where that story starts. And then read uh, Secret Wars by Jonathan Hickman as well. And that's where it, that leads directly into Black Panther. So please read both of those comic series and everything will make sense. Because when you first start reading Black Panther, you're like, Wakanda is supposed to be this really cool country that doesn't take anything from anybody, but it's all destroyed. Yeah, but this explains why it's destroyed. So Let's uh, switch gears just a little bit. I want to actually mention um, some things on the DC side with uh, Villains. Yeah. Yeah. So, who saw Suicide Squad in here? All right. How'd you guys like it? Did you like All it? Right. Oh, Thumbs up. People liked it. All Thumbs right. up. Thumbs I like, people didn't like it. You know what? I thought it was a great action movie. I, I equated it to, um, like, The Expendables. You know what I mean? People were complaining about backstories, but I was like, I don't care. I just want to see action in this kind of movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't need a whole long backstory. Well, I think you probably know their backstories. I did. That's probably what it is. Coming from that background, like... I could just appreciate it without being introduced to all of these people. But even without knowing it, like when I look at other action movies, I don't really care that yeah. much about their backgrounds. All I want to see them is to do is blowing up stuff and shooting the bad guys. And that's what they did. So for me, it was a success. But I can understand why some people sort of didn't like it. But All they had to do for me was give me Harley Quinn. Say Puddin'. Say Puddin', you know. <laughs> and be, be truly like Harley, you know. Um, for my money... She's the best female villain we have, DC or Marvel, period. And I know some of you are thinking, I don't know if that's correct, but name someone better. There's not a whole lot of female villains. What is it? Oh, okay. Okay, now a true villain. She, she is evil. She's yeah. evil. That cleanup game in Suicide Squad was nothing nice. And she, <laughs> actually, know what's hilarious about Amanda Waller is that when I first saw that, um, who was the name I was playing her? Uh, so it was uh, from Viola, Viola Davis. Davis. I was like, she's not uh, she's not heavy set, and I was like, I was kind of like, that's not Amanda Waller to me. And then once I saw her do the role, I was like, it's Amanda Waller. The demeanor, yep. though, when you the when demeanor. saw her yeah. on the screen, I'm like, boom, you just felt it. Yeah, for y'all that didn't, that didn't know, Amanda Waller is supposed to be a very heavy set woman in the comics, and intimidating until uh, New Fifty Two. New Fifty Two, she's like more slender and attractive, but in uh, the older days, they made her heavy set. 
um, to be almost like an anti-hero because she didn't like any superheroes. None. And so she was like, basically, I'm going to be heavy set, out of shape, and do things my way to go against superheroes. Yep. That's what I thought was awesome about the character. But she did a great job. All right. Still didn't beat Harley Quinn in my mind, but that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> so more, more about the, the female. So I think one of yep. the problems with uh, the female villains is that people were complaining that Harley Quinn, um, they were thinking of her as a role model because mm. people weren't used to female villains. Mm. And I was like, Harley Quinn is not a role model. No, She's a no. villain. She should have no redeemable qualities. Well, are very few. And I think people got confused about that. Because they don't read the comics, you know. They're supposed, she's supposed to be in an, an abusive relationship with Joker, yes. which nobody should want to be in. Showed, they didn't even show that that much. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting. Too, there's going to be an ultimate cut. I'm very sure. Which DC needs to stop doing. Just show me the whole movie yeah. the way it's supposed to be. You know. But uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Harley is someone who's complicated, but very, very likable at the same time. And you do have to show her doing heinous things to heroes and other villains. Um, and I'd like to see more of it. I, I think this was our first introduction live action to her, and we have so much more uh, to watch for with her in the coming years. You know what I mean? And I, hopefully Margot Robbie will be playing her for a long time. Yeah, I thought she'd not see that. I, I think she knocked it out of the park. Right now, there's probably nobody who would do that better. I think she absolutely knocked it out of the park. What did you guys think of Will Smith playing the role of Deadshot? Or you mean Will Smith playing the role of Will Smith playing the role? Ah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Did anybody know that Deadshot was white in the comics? That's, yeah, that's some, some, some real yeah, nope. folks reading it. Nobody seemed to care in the movie, though. It's fine with me. He, he actually played a really good role, so I, I didn't mind. I, uh, when I look at, a lot of people complain when we have uh, characters that are traditionally uh, not white, mm-hmm. when they're changed to white, they complain. But when it's the other way around, nobody really complains. Right, um, right, right. Usually I complain when it's when it's still there, but uh, I didn't care in, the, in Will Smith's term because he did a good I, I don't job. I know about that because uh, didn't they do that with um, Mary Jane or something like that? Yep, the, well, they're going to do it now. That's, yeah. op- that's the different, though. That's, yeah. that's people complaining that she's supposed to be white. And she's not. Yeah. I call that reverse uh, entitlement when you complain that they change a minority character to white character, but when they do vice versa, you're just like, hmm, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's, like, it's either like, don't complain, yeah. you know, or complain, like, be like, honest about it and equally fair that you know everybody should be able to do it yeah it should be fair so for me when they do that with any either the reverse or the other the only reason why I think about it is because I just think about source material right Right. Um, when I think about any comic book movie um, when they when they diverge from the source material is when I think they have the most problems Um, if you look at all the Netflix series they stay very true to the comics Mm -hmm. Netflix Tell the folks what the Netflix series are. Yeah, so uh, Daredevil, um, <laughs> Jessica Jones, and what was the other one? Uh, we have Luke Cage, Luke Cage coming, coming in out. September, at the end of September. Yeah, and Iron there Fist. There we go. Yeah. And Iron Fist is coming out, too. Those stayed very close to comics, and they're very successful because they stay close to comics. Because it appeases both the comic fans, who are most right. people in the room, or us, anyway, and some people in the room. Very fit. And it also will appease the people that don't know right. about the characters because... They're interesting, yeah. They flesh them out. They, they do a really good job, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I see what, when when they did like a Civil War and stuff like that. Like it, it, they strayed from the comics, and some comic fans like me complain a little <laughs> bit because I'm just like, hey, I get that you want to make a new Avengers movie, but, but uh, yeah, just don't call it that name. Call it you know like with uh, Civil War, just call it Captain America versus Iron Man. Nah. You call it that, perfectly fine. You call it Civil War. There's already a book called Civil War. Civil War I'm yeah, expecting X, Y, and Z, and you're giving me A, B, and C. So it's a lot of. A lot of undercutting story too. Yeah, yeah. They missed a lot. 
Absolutely, but I couldn't agree more on that stuff. Um, Did you want to get in here? No, no. I'm <laughs> You're like, I'm good. <laughs> I agree. Um, so let's let's switch gears a little bit. Why are uh, some fans interested in complaining rav- about the diversity in books and not actually reading them? You know, because they're crybabies. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've talked a little bit about some of the books that we've rec- we recommend. Um, I think that there are several others from a diversity standpoint, including books like Nighthawk, which head-on deals with police brutality in Chicago. Interesting, very topical, very relevant to today's subject line. Not enough people read it. Yeah, I talked about this comic uh, right when it first came out. So yep. uh, Nighthawk is based, he's kind of like the black version of Batman. Sort yes. Of. Like um, an owl version of Batman. Yeah, kind yeah. Of. He's from uh, Squadron Supreme, which y'all didn't know. At the end of Secret Wars, or before Secret Wars, basically what happened was a bunch of universes collapsed into one. And there was refugees from some of them that survived. The refugees that were heroes that survived, they formed a squadron called Squadron Supreme. Powerful squadron. Very powerful. Uh, one of them name was Nighthawk. When he came to this uh, Earth, he decided to fight crime on both um, the... Like against gangsters and yeah, bad guys? gangsters and the police. Like, when he saw police brutality, he would punish the police. And so it's very controversial, but at the same time, it's very relevant to what we're seeing today in society. And so I thought it was a very important comic to read, so I, I talked about it all the time on the podcast, um, and I was very um, angry and sad when I saw that they're canceling it after six issues because nobody bought it. At the same time, they canceled the issues. Um, people were complaining about not no diversity in comic books. I'm like, yeah. we have a perfect example of diversity in comic books. By a major publisher. Buying. This was by Marvel. This, this wasn't Marvel. by a, yeah. some third-party, independent, you know, backwoods of Idaho type of publisher. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But this was Marvel Comics. You know what I mean? But that's okay. That's okay. I'm trying to get over that. I'm trying. <laughs> so if y'all want to check out that comic, definitely pick up Nighthawk. Check it out. It's probably they're gonna finish it up. I think in that's the next issue, but it'll probably be a trade in the next couple months. Pick it up. It's a great comic, in my opinion. So. And I'm gonna say another one that's closer to home in terms of subject lines or subject matter. Power lines. By are you guys familiar with Image Comics? No, Image is great. Yeah, Saga. They gave you Saga, yeah. East of West. Uh, how about The Walking Dead? Everybody knows The Walking Dead. All right. Yeah, there we go. Um, so obviously this is on under image. And Power Lines dealt with really giving some people who were very racist superpowers. Yes, and a gangster. With Here so, yeah. in the Benicia, Richmond, Contra Costa County area. It was written by Jimmy Robinson by Image Comics. Someone's looking it up right now, which I like to see. <laughs> Um, but Power Lines was this incredible comic that only got, I think, about four issues. Yeah, it uh, cut off like right away. I was very uh, disheartened because I wanted yeah. to know more about it. But that subject matter is relevant. It's interesting. It's very, it's hyper local and it's very diverse. And it would have been nice to see more of that. Um, but again, you have to have people who are willing to take a chance, support something that's uh, that looks a little different, doesn't have somebody in uh, a cape or you know. Uh, Spandex on, and try it. We have a question in the back. That was image for power lines. Yeah, they're still around. They make a lot of. Really they got good bought comics. by DC. Oh, really? Did they image? Really? I don't think they did. 
Yeah. yeah. No, they're local to us, actually. They're in Berkeley. Yeah. Image Comics? Yeah. yeah. You're talking about the Image Comics started by Eric Larson and Jim Lee? Yeah, and but they're, they're, they're yeah. in the East Bay now. Yeah. Oh no, Wildstorm got by. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, we fact like, check each other like right now yeah. in on real time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Image is still around. They make really good comics. Most people know Image from Spawn, so there was like one of the first. Or Savage Dragon. There, there you go. There you go. Sorry, I just yeah. ended up Max. Yeah. <laughs> Shadowhawk. Nobody knows about that. One. I know about Shadowhawk. They, yeah. came <laughs> they came to Marvel, didn't they? I guess. That was one of the comics. Know. But yeah, like the one that died. Image is actually they're coming up. Um, Saga we mentioned before East of West is another great one uh, Power Lines is great there's a bunch of other really great comics that Image has that I read a lot of Jonathan Hickman's um, kind of more obscure works end up on Image and yep. they're really good I'm a huge Jonathan Hickman fan I don't care what he writes I'll read it So I'm just going to say this if you like The Walking Dead give Image comics just a blanket check and pick up some trade paperbacks typically the trade paper, the first trade paperbacks for Image are always like ten dollars. I want to say, yeah, yeah. I think they're ten. Just pick it up. Black Science, uh, in, any of these other ones, Saga, used to us. Pick them, pick them up. Read these stories. I think they're extremely important. They're very diverse. Sometimes they have adult subject matter, but they're always interesting stories. Typically, they don't even have mm-hmm. a lot of superheroes in them per se, yeah. but the stories are so well written. They'll hook you in anyway. Yeah, like there was one that just came out as a comic called Snot Girl, and uh, it was awesome. Which like, sounds, I I was, like, sounds weird. the creator of Scott Pilgrim. There you go. <laughs> so if you know Scott Pilgrim, yeah. It, it's pretty good. It's about a girl that has bad allergies. <laughs> All right, and it's actually really good. No, I didn't expect to like it, but I liked it. So if you guys see it out there, I think it's, uh, they're on issue number three right now, and it's, uh, it's pretty And good. she's actually a fashion blogger. But she's also, I think, supposed to be half Asian, right? I only read the first one. That's what the writer, because he's half. uh, Come Come on, come in. in. Oh no, no, I'm looking for a friend. Okay, your friend's in here. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I got a question for everybody, though. What do you guys think? Is it okay for someone who's a white straight male to write a black female character or a gay character? Or Asian. Is that okay? If he can do the voice, yes. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I'm writing my own little... That, you know, I'm too poor or cheap to hire an artist, but I write superhero stories myself. Cool. I'm just starting to put them out. There's a guy uh, I met from uh, uh, Prism Comics who's... He's kind of a larger-than-life character. Big, tall guy. Ray of sunshine. <laughs> like a bodybuilder. Really nice guy. You know, he's gay. How could I not write a story about this guy? There you and go. I'm, you know, your typical straight, white, wonder-bred, uh, <laughs> Swedish ancestry guy. Who there you <laughs> go. But, you know, I told him I'm doing it. He's fine with it. But the first draft of the story needs more drafts. <laughs> So Which is part of the process. Do it. Which yeah. is perfect. You can only go so deep, I think, unless you're, you know, get more involved with the culture, shall we say? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, the best example that I always like to bring up when it comes to straight white men writing characters that don't look like them is Black Panther. Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we wouldn't have that character if not for Stanley and, and Kirby. I mean, you, you have to sometimes. Imagine something that's a little bit beyond your own life experience, and it's perfectly fine to create and embrace the fact that 
your characters don't look like you or may may not have the same genitalia. It's all good to do that. Same At least, genitalia. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, there, there's a, a male writer that's doing uh, every other issue of Wonder Woman and knocking it out of the park on Rebirth right now. Right. You know, on Deathstroke for Rebirth, you have a black writer, Christopher Brees, killing it. Right. Actually, what's uh, Matt's comic? Uh, Matt Heyman. He, uh, I can't he, remember the name of it right now. So we have a friend that's actually, he started writing comics, and he actually based the character off both me and, uh, and Prodigy. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So, yeah, we were very, uh, and he actually came to us and, like, asked us questions about the character and, like, our own personalities. And I thought, I don't see cultural appropriation there because he's trying to understand more about the characters and, uh, you know, our background. So I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. And you don't want to try to separate people into these categories that are so divisive when it comes to geeks and comics. We want it for everybody. We should all be able to write. We should all be able to read. I read, for example, another one on Image, Rat Queens, and it's just Lord of the Rings with women and drinking and what do they do? Mushrooms and all this kind of other weird stuff. And that's all I'm going to say that they do. <laughs> so actually, she made a good point, which is I think no matter what what the group is, gender, ethnicity, even just like niche or whatever, it's really about uh, respecting the material in terms of trying to understand it enough so that you're trying to make your voice as authentic as possible. And that reminds me of a quote uh, from George R. R. Martin when somebody asked him, you know, how do you write such great women? And he said, well, I just treat them like human beings, you know. And, and obviously he's written some of the most powerful women in, you know, media today. Um, so I think it's really about respect. And also I think, you know, people who are social justice warriors get a little, like, bent out of shape because they're like, they it means so much to them that they it's hard for them to see somebody that they, they don't perceive to be part of their group to try and approach it but actually you should see it as a positive thing because that person is trying to learn and it's also a way for them to explore an area that they've never understood before you know so it's really important for people to try and write or create material that's not in their own group so that just by doing that you're first of all exposing other people to it who might be interested and want to explore it more and also it's just a way to understand each other better so next time you know you can get it right yeah, uh, I totally agree. Cool. That that segment is done. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drawing there, man? You like? I'm drawing He's our doodling. first front row guest. <laughs> <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> it's okay. There's no love letter on the inside. I think. Well, maybe. No, but you can have that later. But <laughs> if I'm ever famous, it'll be worth like two dollars. <laughs> Good stuff. I, was like, I didn't know Harry could draw. Yeah, I know. I know. It actually looks really good. Uh, you want to switch gears a little yeah, bit? Sure. Yeah, yeah. We want to go. Um, actually, why don't we talk about some of the upcoming things? Uh, who's watching Flash? Ooh, man, there we go. Okay. So one of the things that I absolutely adore about this show, Barry Allen has a black dad. He calls him Dad on the show. And I, I know it's a small thing for a lot of people. It blew my mind and, like, warmed my heart every time he does it. And I think it's, it brings everybody together so much, so beautifully. The West family is an inspiration. In my mind, it's actually one of the best black families on television. But it's also a blended family. So 
when you're watching it, season three, and I think the timeline is going to be all screwed up because of uh, uh, the Flashpoint Paradox, um, be sure to po- just look at Joe and Iris. But go ahead. Uh, can I just point out, like, something happened to me, too, that's similar, but nobody even looked at it. It's when uh, Glenn, the Korean guy from... Uh, Walking Dead. Yes. Ooh. We talked about this yes. in another podcast. Asian so for Asian Americans, that was actually a historical like, moment in the media, like, which is kind of embarrassing, but it's true. It was very historical. Very First true. time an Asian guy on TV, Asian American guy, just Asian American guy had a relationship with a girl where it was consensual on both ways. Yeah. We talked about this actually. Not like pining for some girl yeah. that never is, you know, interested. Yeah, like months ago we talked about this because. Um, uh, do you know who uh, David Cho is? Yes. He's a really good artist. He uh, did a lot of artistry for uh, Facebook. But he, he, he coined a term called Fear of the Yellow Man. Sorry for using the racist term, um, but it's something that he coined, and I totally agree, is that in media, they're afraid to cast Asian members as like prominent members on the cast. So you will never see an Asian man having... Uh, like any kind of relationship with somebody that is not Asian, mm-hmm. and it's like I didn't understand that until I started until he said that, and then I start going back and like watching stuff. It's like look at um, damn, I can't think of this girl. There's a kid in the room, so I'll put it a different way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with having a kid in the room. Jackie Chan, when he when he came and started making American movies, he made one with a uh, with a white woman, and he never even kissed her or anything. Yeah. Or Jet Li and Aaliyah and. Yes. Um, not a Romeo must die. Romeo must die. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I, I I know you said this, but I missed it. Is it? Is this this problem that we're discussing only Asian men and and non-Asian women, or is it Asian people and non-Asian partners? Mostly Asian men and non-Asian partners. Okay. Because like I'm the, thinking Asian May on. Yeah. No, Asian right girls are a little different. Yeah. Because, different. Yeah. Yeah. They're very sexualized. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. But to keep things on the positive track for television, Into the Badlands oh, has a Asian male lead, Sonny, I believe is his name. Yeah, uh, he's a badass, and he's doing martial arts, which, you know, uh, is kind of, yeah, <laughs> stereotypical. But with a, I think it's a black girlfriend, I believe. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, and she's gorgeous. You know, he's a really in-shape dude. It's part of the story. It fits. It works. And there's no drama about it. You know what I mean? So it's wonderful to see that. And based on, you know, some of the things I've learned from these two guys, when I saw, like, that show, I said to myself, wow, here we go. We're, we're actually seeing maybe a, a cure to that that awful thing, you know, that awful stereotype. Well, I think part of it is actually something that you talked about, Henry, mm-hmm. is that uh, you were having uh, uh, the Chinese, is it... It's basically Chinese money in American media now. Right. I didn't notice this until right. you pointed it out. Right. And I was like, when I first started watching uh, uh, Star Trek you Beyond. Fear the Yellow Man. Yeah, it was like, an uh, Asian production <laughs> company owns that. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of other ones, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so basically a Chinese company bought AMC Theater Chain. So they're actually the largest theater conglomerate in the world. Uh Somebody's Googling that in the background. And uh, (laughs) they also, a Chinese company bought Relativity Media, which is one of the biggest studios here. And, you know, if you look at how it started, it it started with, um, if you follow the money, the way it started is like, uh, for instance, Iron Man 2 or 3 had those two random Chinese villains that appeared. Like for like two minutes in the U.S. version, but in China they had like a 15-minute version. Mm. And that's because they needed Chinese money to complete the film. 
So a lot of these blockbusters, there, you know, if you'll notice, there's like that one Asian girl that doesn't speak English for some reason, mm. and she's in it. It's because they're taking that Chinese money, but but it's actually become much more aggressive. So Chinese companies are actually fully funding films that are either number one featuring all like American cast just because they want to own the property, you know, or B that they're they're you know sliding in the Asian characters like the the Matt Damon um, Great Wall, Great Wall yeah. movie. <laughs> it's like three Chinese actors and him and Matt Damon, and it's fully funded by you know Chinese companies and will be distributed all over and stuff. So you're gonna start seeing a lot more of that, which you know. Is a whole separate problem. Did you guys like that trailer for The Wall with Matt Damon? Yeah. No. <laughs> so the funny thing about that, though, is over in America, there's like the Asian Americans really complaining about it, saying that, you know, it's whitewashing and, um, you know, how dare you make Matt Damon the savior of Asian people. But they, they did a search in China, like, nobody's talking about it. Like, in China, they're just like... The articles in China about it are right explaining why people in America are pissed off. Like they're not like actually offended. They're just like, oh, it's Matt Damon in our movie. You know what I mean? Like coming from a, yeah. a person from a different country, like an immigrant. Mm-hmm. When I was in the Philippines, I was just a man. You know, I didn't really have any titles on me. No boxes. Mm-hmm. People kind of put me in. Mm-hmm. When I got to the USA, people like start putting me in boxes, and then mm-hmm. that's when I looked at it in that viewpoint. When I was in Asia. Yeah, I didn't really look at myself any less or any better than anybody else because, you know, I'm surrounded by Asians. Who cares? When I got here, you have social norms, society trying to, and the media trying to put you in certain boxes. Now you're more concerned. I'm like, wait, is this group stepping on me or am I stepping on another group? When in Asia, you don't really care. You just want Matt Damon in your film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I would love to have Matt Damon in my film. You know, actually, I did want to say before we move move on is that, you know, some people were complaining that, you know, saying that Matt Damon is not our hero, you know, does not look like our hero as a, quote, Asian-American. But I totally disagree with that because I grew up on films that he was in. And when you watch films, a great character transcends their gender because they represent an analogy for you in your life. You know, it means something to you. So me watching him in, like, Goodwill Hunting is, like, about this underdog guy that just has everything against him even his own kind of self-defeating ways, and and I de- identified with that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think about the skin color in that situation. So I think there's a problem with the, the tenor of how people speak on social media, which is like this very black and white, one-sided kind of way of judging things, and it's from this very narrow view of what, how you're supposed to do it, you know? And I think that's that's not actually fair to everybody, and it's, and I think that's why... You know, we're doing this panel, right? Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very strange American problem that I didn't understand until I traveled the world. And then I noticed that when I, when I walked around and I talked to people, they would just see me as American. They didn't see me as black. <laughs> they didn't see me as African-American. They were just like, you're just American. Then I went to Africa and they were just like, you're not from here. I was like, okay, you're right, but, you know, <laughs> you know they didn't care. I was just like, all right. I, it, was, it was huge. It was very eye-opening for me. Um, as an American, to, to see that people didn't really care about the color of my skin, they just cared about the country I was from, for better or for worse, you know. And it was it, it was pretty cool to see like things broken down that way because right. they see every ethnicity in America as just American. Same thing when I go to Korea, I'm just a gringo to them. Yeah, my Korean sucks. And like, oh, this guy doesn't speak. Korean well, let's charge them twice as much. Wow. I'm like, dude, I'm Korean too. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> Speak Korean fluently and then we'll talk. 
let's uh, let's switch gears. What about some of the? And I see this online, and I I, I want to just air it out there. Some of the demands to have more diversity than the population of the U.S. actually has in its census. For example, um, to have I'm going to use my my own black males represent what? Uh, we're black people are about 13 percent of the U.S. population. Six to seven percent should be black males. Yeah, 80 percent of all movies and all TV shows from now on need to be. All, nothing but young black males. I don't want that. I don't think that that represents our entire country. I think it's a, it's a melting pot for a good reason. Um, I think that you can certainly have representation that meets, give or take, your, um, you know, the makeup of our country right now. And sometimes things are going to be different depending on the neighborhood. Obviously, San Francisco is very different from New York, from L.A., from Chicago. You know, if you have something in Idaho and having, you know, nothing but Korean Americans, it's going to probably look a little strange. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, I'd be weirded out. But I think that you can, some of the, you know, quote unquote demands that everything be all women, all Asian men, all Mexican, I don't think that that's bringing people together as much as it should. Yeah, it's, uh, I think people really miss the point when it comes to diversity as far as like um, the breakdown of America goes. Like you already said, if we only if we only represent a certain percentage of the population, you should only expect that same uh, representation in media. Only because that's the way we break break it down in America, right? I mean there's over sixty percent of people in America are Caucasian. And so we should expect most of the movies, media, all that stuff to be kind of geared towards Caucasian people. We get we obviously enjoy them as well. I mean, I love Jean-Claude Van Damme, a um, whole bunch of other action stars that were great back in the day. Obviously, they're not great today, but you know, <laughs> when I was a kid, they were awesome, yeah. all right? Um, but at the same time, it's like I never had a problem when I was a kid not seeing somebody that was my skin tone in a movie. But for some reason today, it's a problem. And I just, I don't, I have a problem understanding it because I'm just like, hey, they're still awesome. And at the same time, I might want to learn more about that culture or, you know, ethnicity or whatever. And I think today, we're kind of missing the point on that. Where, like, if somebody isn't the same, doesn't look like you, is in a movie, and all of a sudden you're just like, no, I don't want to see it. But it's like, there's still knowledge to be gained there. And I'm all about uh, getting knowledge and retaining knowledge. And I think people are, are kind of missing the point on that. Let me ask you a question. So, of the males in this room, are you interested in watching Wonder Woman? Oh. But is it for the boobs? No. no actually, <laughs> no. Yeah. No. She's a... That doesn't hurt, though. <laughs> Let's keep it real. It doesn't hurt. She's an amazing. She's an amazing character. One of the most iconic characters in comic book yeah. history. And the action looks amazing. We want to see it, and it's okay to have a penis and want to see it, and it's okay to you know have a vagina and want to see it. it, it everybody should be wanting to see something like Wonder Woman, and everybody should be wanting to see some a character like Black Panther when he has a solo movie. It's perfectly fine to do that and want that. You know, and it comes down to how it's written because we already saw the huge controversy with Ghostbusters this year, um, which most people that were chalking up to misogyny and stuff like that. But it was the the reason why is because they made a movie that shouldn't have been made. Look, Ghostbusters the original was pretty much a perfect movie. We didn't need a remake. What we should have done, maybe a sequel would have been fine, but a remake and then making the point of telling us that hey, it's an all female cast. It's like, well, why? At the same point, I understand that some people can be like, well, the, the original cast was all males. But, I mean, they weren't making a point of saying, hey, all-male cast. 
You know what I mean? And I think they also missed the point with some of the characters, like uh, like Leslie Jones, which I feel bad that she catches all this crap now because this movie. But it's like, look, they, they, you took a character that was uh, Winston. He was like the straight man. He was like the, the voice of levity to this group of kind of crazy people. Yep. They were crazy scientists. Yep. And they made her a caricature of a stereotypical black woman. And I'm like, why are you doing that when the original character was nothing like that? And I think that pissed a lot of people off. And the fact that they just re- remade a movie that just didn't need to be remade. You know, anybody that was in that movie, whether it had been all females, all whatever, if it was all dudes that were all white and they remade that movie, it would have still not done as well as the original movie. I mean, there was definitely the taste of pandering in that film. Yeah. Because at the same time, uh, Bad Moms, which is a comedy featuring all women, made like $120 million so yep. far. Rated R comedy, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know. So I, I think... But I do think a lot of the backlash was racist and sexist. There, there was definitely... There was some. I think there was a group... There was a segment that was very vocal that... You know, it's hard to predict which projects, like, get... Attached to like this kind of like unfair level of, you know, vitriol. Well, you know, what well, I mean? it was also hard because. So but I'm not was... disagreeing with the fact that it was a bad movie for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean well, that's why it failed as financially. On the we got a question. Picture, you know? Sorry. Yeah. I'm just wondering why you didn't think they should have made it. To me, if they wanted to remake it, why did it matter if it was all women or all whatever? So to me, the level of negativity specifically aimed towards Leslie Jones was too high. All of it, pretty much. You have to look at it and go, well, why is that? You have to look at it as because she's a black woman and, you know, misogyny, and especially misogyny directed at black women is a thing. Well, that's the part that I'm saying is the more vocal group of the internet that was, like, the racist contingent, you know? And and there was also another problem with what, what you're saying is true, but they also, Sony deleted on purpose... Um, views on the if you look at the, on the, the YouTube on the trailer yeah. they deleted uh, points of views that were negative but they were from females yeah. and negative views that were not negative about they basically took out everything that was just negative about the trailer they only left in things that were negative about females and black women yeah. and that was a, a huge problem and then they doubled down and they talked crap about nerds they said that nerds are horrible people from the director, Paul Feig. <laughs> and I was just like, you can't do that. And that's, what made, that's why I said I feel bad for her and the whole cast. Because anybody that was in the cast in the situation with what Sony and the director did, they're going to catch crap no matter what. And so I, I agree with part of what you're saying. Obviously, I don't agree with any kind of racism. That, that's unacceptable to me. But at the same time, the studio and the director did nothing to, to help fix that problem with the movie that I've believed that shouldn't have been made. That's my opinion, though. Obviously, we have different different opinions, and that's fine. Shouldn't have been made the way that it was made. Yeah, yeah. I think is it, it's hard to remake a classic. You know, it, it really is on any and level. On any level, and you know, I had I had my issues with the casting. You know, obviously, I'm not a casting director. You know, I I voiced my opinion with my wallet, which is what consumers do. And the movie had its struggles. I think it was down. What was it reported? Seventy million dollars didn't make back its production. You know, uh, budget. It, it didn't do well financially, and it was kind of what it was. Well, and another part of the thing that I have a problem with is that it, it's hard to, to say that everything about the movie not making money was misogyny when the same director and very similar cast uh, made Bridesmaids. Yep. 
And that was I watched that movie. I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was wonderful. Movie. Nobody complained Very about the movie being full of females. Yeah. And so that, that that's the reason why I come back to it's it's not just the cast. It's more of like what they did and what they were trying to portray. Although I might be able to play devil's advocate and say that those films are all female roles playing female role permissive characters like brides, maids. Well, right. can I, you know what I mean? Can I offer one quick thing that I actually never get brought up? should do a female hangover and see how that Well, is. there you yes. go. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that was kind of the female hangover, wasn't it? Wasn't it was epic, though? Huh? Remember the Alien franchise? Yeah. Yes. That was with Sigourney Weaver playing Ripley, and... Star Wars just came out? Yeah, but... With female lead, nobody cared? Exactly. <laughs> but with Aliens, even though it was, you know, late 70s movie, the... Yeah, I know, old, I know. It's an old <laughs> movie. But, and they've had plenty of sequels and whatnot, female lead, nerd-centric, everybody, every geek on this planet loves those movies. Female lead, zero problems. Nobody in that... The, the fandom for Aliens has any issues whatsoever with Ripley being female, being kick-ass, and leading that franchise, or any of the subsequent movies. So, I, I think that, you know, the, the geek kingdom got a lot of flack for being, you know, against this movie because it had women, but there's plenty of examples of female-led movies that geeks have supported. Male and female geeks have supported wholeheartedly franchises even from 30 years ago yeah i think geeks as a whole we're more accepting of different ethnicities and different cultures and all that stuff just in general because we're kind of like a marginalized marginalized exactly. group right so we're obviously going to uh, accept more people than most and that's why basically we're having this panel because we're seeing like a a back step to that where people are saying that hey we have all these geeky things but we only want to have them this kind of way and it's like no you don't really have to have them that kind of way let's like keep everything open Ninja Turtles? Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah, because now they just want like more like the '87 cartoon than the 2003 and Mirage Turtles. Yeah, yeah. I I have a problem with the new Ninja Turtles, but my kid doesn't, and she's 13. She loves them, so I'm yeah. like, all right. I'm for me when I was a kid. Obviously, this is the, the rose-colored glasses when you're a kid. Everything's awesome. <laughs> right? So yeah, when I was watching them back in the day, they were awesome. I'm pretty sure if I watch them today, it's probably garbage. Yeah. Like when I went when I went to go watch uh, Go Ninja it? Go. No, no, no. Go I went to go watch He Man. Yeah, thank you. That's my girlfriend right there. Thank you. <laughs> he went to go watch He Man. I almost cried. I was like, this is so bad. Like, where are the backgrounds? There's no mountains. There's no trees. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so bad. <laughs> Can I? Is, is, go ahead. Actually, what I meant that the uh, the current Ninja Turtles shows and movie is basically like uh, uh, worshiping the '87 cartoon rather than all versions. Mm. Got it. Like You're talking live action, though, though right? Both uh, live action and the current gotcha. cartoon. Okay. So I just wanna, if it's okay, I would like the oh, to hear the opinions. This is just me personally. Go ahead. I would like to hear the opinions of the non-brown people in this room about their perception of kind of like what they're hearing from minorities about like these casting issues or demanding you know this person blah 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 um don't worry you're in a safe place yeah we're not not here to judge but i'm curious just because i only see it from our perspective which is again that very like kind of tedious tone of voice that I don't even really enjoy hearing, you know. Um, but Take if it. anybody, yeah, go You're for it. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I hear mostly how is the character? Is the character true to life, true to humanity, true to the culture that they are portraying currently 
whether or not it's true to the culture that was you know, original, um, and less about it's so important that this person be white, blue-eyed, black, you know, whatever. Mm. It's more important is, is this the right character? Mm. Does this person embody that character, not necessarily that look? And sometimes that is mm. interchangeable, mm. and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, like, real quick, I know you're going to ask a question. We'll get to you in a second. Um, uh, good examples that are just happening is, like, Aquaman. Aquaman is not a Polynesian dude, and he's not yoked. He's, like, a kind of slender white dude that's Blind. not intimidating at all. For decades. Yeah. <laughs> he does look like a hardy boy wearing, yeah, like, orange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, everybody seems to be accepting, because uh, most women, they're like, hey, that dude's sexy, you know, because he yeah. is. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the rationalization. <laughs> but, but, that, but that does make sense from more of a live action point but of view. But why is he so brown in the water? It does make sense that a swimming, a, a sea king type character would be more of a like a Polynesian or mm-hmm. It should have been Michael Phelps. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He had a question. Should have died I am crazy. I have nerdgasms, but a law and order alum this gets on that. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Joe. I wanted to use that line, rock, paper, scissors, guns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Very nice. With uh, um, Nick Fury, you know. There you go. He, yeah. he can't example. be from World War II in the movies. No. Because you want Captain America to be the guy who came from it as an isolation. And I had one more in mind, and it just went out of my head like a sieve. But uh, it's okay. Like you were saying, it has to fit the character. Yeah. yeah. Now, in the stories I'm writing, guess who punched the way the top of the stories is? The woman. Good. She's the Superman of my story. That's she great. Has anger issues. And, uh, <laughs> you know, characters will run the way they want to run. There you but go. I always thought it was funnier when the woman punches out the loud mouth bad guy than, the, than when the guy does it. Yeah. yeah. Are you watching Winona Earp? I'm sorry. Are you watching Winona Earp on sci-fi? I will put that on my list. Please yeah, do. Definitely. You'll love it. We had Best a, female leads ever. Yeah, but. we had two of the characters from that show. One sec. I, I got you. We had two of the characters from our show on the podcast. It was uh, Shamir Anderson and... Dominique Provost-Chuckley, who yeah. plays uh, Waverly. Yeah. Um, excellent sci-fi show, and it, yeah, we, we're going to have them back on. <coughs> Thank you for your patience. So, so like, the uh, casting for the major movies, like, the major uh, uh, being uh, Scarlett Johansson, right? Right. So a big-name actress, right. right, which is awesome, an awesome female role. Right. But this is a... Very Japanese character, right? right? So it, it's mm. me growing up loving that film. Loving Ghost in the Shell. Oh, you watched Ghost in the Shell? Yeah, and it's classic. And so now I, I have this uh, even the dual, name is Japanese, you know, <laughs> dual uh, feeling. About, yeah, exactly. Uh, the movie, I really want to see it, and yet it's like, you know, oh, they kind of ooh, is that going to be good? Or I'll not? tell you what pissed me off about that is that I was on the fence, but kind of leaning over to new. And then they said they were going to CGI her to look more Asian. Yes. And I was like, hell no. Well, they, yeah. It was they a test that they, they did. Okay. It was a test that yeah. they did. I'm sure they looked and they were like, whoa. You can't like, do that. No. Okay, you can't even test that. I want to get the... I'm sorry, one sec. In the back. I had a question. Um, what did you guys think 
guys think about the casting of Tilda Swinton and Doctor Strange? Yeah, that was uh, that was not right. Um, they made an Asian guy into a, a Caucasian female, and I thought that was really weird. It's more for China. Yeah. It's more for the yellow man, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, why couldn't you? It was a Tibetan. Yeah. But they're still using the name of the ancient yeah. one and the yes. the imagery and clothing yeah. that symbolizes oh, martial arts. Oh, yeah, actually, is it about this? Yeah, okay. go, ahead. go ahead. I was just wondering uh, who is involved in the financing of the movie. Yeah, because so yeah. okay, company, yeah. So basically, that was one of the big things that the producer said. The reason why <laughs> the reason why they didn't. Um, cast the Tibetan man is because of all the problems with China and Tibet. So if you think about these major movie studios that are putting 100 million plus into each film, they're not just worried about that film, they're worried about every film they're going to make after that that has to be distributed in China. And you cannot underestimate that power that China has that they are already censoring the films that we watch here. Just by that type of casting decision, you know... Um, the fact that they couldn't put a man from Tibet in China, I mean, in that film, because China would have been upset and would have hurt their chances for the future to get money or be, get distribution or whatever, I think you have to really take some of those politically charged casting situations and look at the bigger picture and see where the influence is really coming from. Because Marvel actually has a great track record of treating their characters right. So I, I think if they didn't have that type of issue, they probably would have just casted an Asian guy in that role. That's what's but, ridiculous to me. You, is that you, you didn't have to get specifically somebody from Tibet. Just yeah. get an Asian guy. Like yeah. any I think Asian they guy. were so afraid <laughs> of... Because I think probably their fear would be that when the movie's being talked about, they pick an Asian guy, people are still going to talk about Tibet. Tibet. People are still going to... They're, they're probably afraid that Tibetan activists would try to use that moment to get more PR or press or whatever. So they literally went the farthest they could, which was the white... I wonder if they realize that people in Tibet actually have magical powers. <laughs> because the people, because the people don't read the comic books, which is ninety nine point nine percent of the people that are going to be forking over their money have it's no really, idea the character is supposed to be yeah. Tibetan. Yeah, so yeah. that conversation isn't going to appear anywhere in yeah. social media. You know. All right. So, I think this yeah. might be the last question. Yeah. Why do people uh, have uh, no problem with villains having being diverse? No problem with villains being um, diverse? Yeah. That's hmm. interesting. find it more acceptable than heroes. Yeah. Because it's racist. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this I like my villains to be all the way there with chaotic evil. You know, I don't like that halfway in between yeah. such and such. You know what I mean? You know, you got to I think do dirt. You have a point, though. I mean, I think people are. It has to do with redeeming qualities. And I think if, if you're already predisposed to seeing certain ethnicities as being bad, mm. and seeing them as villains, is easier. Not, to, yeah, it's easier. Easier um, to, to believe it. Yeah, yeah. That's but true. we're getting Deathstroke in Justice League coming up. Did y'all, y'all see this? I saw that. No. no. Yeah, Deathstroke's coming. The teaser. That's, I mean, that's the sneak my mind. I can't wait. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining. I'm, Wait, I'm, did y'all like this panel at all? Was it cool? Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you. Give yourself a hand. Yeah. Thank you. thank you. We were worried there would be like two people in here, so you guys are amazing. This this rocks. You just made our night. Um, I'm gonna I'm say gonna this before before you guys jump away. Please go on iTunes and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Blacker than Black Times Infinity. We have some cards. Even if you're here. not gonna really listen to it, just subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe. Get those numbers. Up. Button. 
Give us feedback or hit us up on Twitter at BTI. We have cards, so we'll give them to you after this. All right. Thank you. Thank you.